Greetings to those who watch below. As you know, for quite some weeks now, a fair few of us have been cooped up in our houses. Usually our homes are a place where we feel safe and secure. So I thought, why not tell you three truly creepy home invasion stories? That weird home invasion that happened while I was asleep in bed by C.L. Marie. So, I was living in Venice, California about a year ago. I lived in a four-bedroom apartment with three other ladies, all of us in our mid to late twenties. The apartment setup is pretty complicated. Our apartment is a standalone building, and there are two other standalone apartments in front of ours, side by side. This forms a small private courtyard for our apartment, not accessible to the neighbours. My bedroom and my roommate Jessie's bedroom both have a large sliding door that opens onto the courtyard, and the front door of the apartment is accessed from the courtyard as well. In order to get into the courtyard, you have to open a spike-topped, locked gate, walk down a pathway between the two apartments in front of us, then open a locked door to the courtyard. The courtyard is enclosed by 12-foot cinder block walls, and on the other side is the neighbour's gated narrow side yard slash alleyway, and a few side yards beyond that. So, basically, the building is completely blocked in and very hard to access, and requires three different keys to gain access to the actual apartment. This isn't a great neighbourhood, but we felt pretty safe when we moved in. About two months after we moved in, it was 6am on a Sunday, and we're all home and in our rooms asleep. Jessie's boyfriend is asleep in bed with her, and I have a new guy over for the first time as well. Jessie has a 60 pound dog, and she leaves her sliding door partially open at night for the dog to go in and out. Keep in mind, we're inside 12 foot walls and are completely enclosed by other houses and apartment buildings, so those walls themselves aren't even accessible by anyone but our immediate neighbours. So leaving this door open doesn't seem risky at all. I mean seriously, someone would have to be incredibly dedicated and have intimate knowledge of the layout of the place to pull off any sort of successful robbery, so leaving the door open felt safe. So it's 6am and Jessie's dog starts barking. She opens her eyes just in time to see through her sheer curtain the silhouette of a man drop inside the courtyard from the 12 foot wall. The dog bursts out the door barking and for some reason the guy shushes the dog, pushes him back inside and slides the door shut. Then. He goes to the front door and starts knocking. I'm about 50% awake at this point, and it slowly dawns on me that if someone is knocking on that door, they must have somehow bypassed the other two locked doors, and something is not right. Jessie is also about 50% awake, which causes her to assume that this is a person we know, so she opens the door for him. He pushes open the door and forces his way inside. She fully wakes up, real fast, and says, no, fuck you, I don't know you, and shoves him back out, locking the door. He goes back to her sliding door, which he knows is unlocked, and walks in. Jesse's boyfriend Mike, in nothing but his whitey tighties, flies out of bed and shoves him back out into the courtyard. Jesse runs in and shuts the sliding door, locking it with the really advanced method of laying a long piece of wood in the track because our insane landlady won't install real locks. The piece of wood isn't quite long enough, so the door can still be opened about two inches. 
So, after securing that door as best as possible, she bursts into my bedroom, at which point I fully awaken, because rude, I'm naked in bed with an equally naked dude. She runs to my sliding door and locks it. This one actually works. And when she pulls back the curtain, I see Mike in the courtyard in a very physical fight with a guy I definitely do not know. Mike is a super non-violent data scientist nerdy type for the record, and he is fighting with a not very big, but still bigger than Mike, angry looking dude. Mike is on the ground getting his face pummeled into the flagstone, and the dog is running around barking, but otherwise being pretty unhelpful. Mike is trying to reason with the guy the whole time, saying, hey, we don't want any of this, you can just leave and it'll be fine. And the guy stops long enough for Mike to grab his arms, push him off and jump up. Mike says, hey, here's the door, just leave, and opens the door that leads from the courtyard out to the pathway towards the gate. The guy somehow manages to shove both Mike and the dog out their door and locks it behind them. So now the guy has barricaded himself in our courtyard. Mike and dog on one side, my now mostly clothed self, three other terrified girls, and one now mostly clothed guy still inside the apartment. There is one other way out of this apartment, and that is through the garage. Except it turns out our landlady is pretty incompetent with locks in general. So the garage door is brilliantly set up such that the lock is only accessible from the outside. Yeah, we are completely trapped inside this building. And the guy is working on Jesse's sliding door again. My other roommate, Emily, whose room is upstairs but facing the courtyard, has been on the phone with 911 the whole time. She's explaining the situation as best she can, and the 911 operator is telling her that since the guy is technically only in their yard, it's not a priority and we can't really do anything. He needs to be in the house to consider it an emergency. So the guy, who was formerly naked, takes the phone and very calmly says something to the effect of, this man has bypassed two locked doors and scaled a 12-foot wall to access the location he is currently occupying. He has forced himself into the house twice. He has assaulted one person and locked the assaultee out. He is currently attempting to access the house again through a door which has no lock and whose glass is thin enough to break if you were to ask it nicely enough. We have no weapons and no way out. You need to get here as soon as fucking possible. Fortunately, the police were already on their way because the neighbours had called them about a raving lunatic in his whitey tighties who was running around the street yelling for someone to call 911 and apparently now wielding a hockey stick. As we're watching the guy as best we can from the upstairs window, his behaviour starts to change. He stops trying to open the door and begins pacing. He peeks around things, looks behind them. It becomes apparent he's been running from something and is now bracing himself in case they catch up. Cops violent gang with guns. We honestly have no idea, and that's actually super scary. At one point he disappears from the window's view, so I run up to the roof deck to see what he's doing. As I peer down, I'm startled to realise he's a lot closer to me than I expected, because he is climbing a tree that shoots straight up to the roof deck. But then he decides he won't go all the way up. He'll just drop onto the roof of the little shed-type thing that houses the hot water heater. He lays on his stomach and peers around the corner, then sits back with his knees pulled up and starts kind of rocking. Oh, 
it's suddenly super obvious that this guy is on a lot of drugs. This was later confirmed by Mike, who eventually retired his hockey stick and thankfully put on some pants, informing us that when he tried to offer the guy an exit through the open door, the guy screamed, No! There's danger behind that door! And that's when he shoved him and the dog out, and presumably sacrificed them to whatever horrors lay in wait on the other side. After a short time of watching him switching between paranoid peeking and paranoid rocking, the cops finally show up. They calmly convince him to just come down, and they peacefully cuff him. No, really, it was pretty chill. The cops basically said they thought he was high on multiple drugs, but most probably PCP. He had apparently been living with his aunt in a nearby apartment complex, and must have just been as confused about how we go into our place as we were. From our roof deck, you could see where he had broken a wooden fence to get from a side yard into the neighbor's alley. You could also see the tiered wooden plant stand the neighbor had propped against the wall that the guy had scaled to get into our courtyard. They eventually charged him with a few counts of assault, but could not charge him for trespassing because we didn't have any no trespassing signs. We have no trespassing signs now. Mom and the Creepy Girl at Our Door by Sweet Oblivion When I was growing up, my older brother raced flat track motorcycles, and as a result, my dad and him were gone most weekends during the racing season. Sometimes my mom, my younger sister, and myself would tag along, but my mom was never really into it, so she would keep my sister and me home most of the time, and plan fun things for us girls to do during the weekend. This incident happened on one of the weekends where we stayed home back in 1987, so I was 10 and my sister was 8. It started out like any other Saturday, with my dad and brother gone. My mum took us to eat McDonald's, we went to the mall, and then we came home to play Monopoly and watch cable. At around 10pm, my sister and I started to get sleepy, so my mum brought out the sleeping bags for all three of us to sleep in the living room together. I had to ask my mum years later what time it was, because, as a kid, I didn't pay attention to the clock much. So, around 2am, someone started banging on our front door. Our front door was pretty strange. It had four large panes of glass that weren't opaque, so they were covered with small curtains. We all wake up to this pounding and rush to the door, and look out one of the windows, and there's this girl at the door. She was probably in her late teens or early twenties, and I remember her wearing a white and blue windbreaker. She's frantic and crying and begging my mum to let her in because she said her boyfriend is chasing her and she's afraid he's going to kill her. My mum remained calm as hell in a scary situation and said, I'm sorry love, I can't let you in because I've got two young children with me and I can't risk your boyfriend harming them if he gets in. I can call the police for you if you just stay here. Of course, that didn't sit well with the girl, as she started crying more and pointed to her foot that was broken and in a cast. Please, ma'am, you have to let me in. He's coming for me. Again, my mum politely refused and turned and ran to the kitchen and called 911. Our phone was mounted on the wall in the kitchen with a ridiculously long cord, so she was able to go back to the door while on the phone with dispatch and told her the police were on the way. This made the girl go even more crazy and said, I don't need the police because I'll be dead before they get here. 
Mum apologised again and said she was sorry, but she wasn't going to open the door. At this point, the girl just turned around and walked off in the darkness. And about five to seven minutes later, police show up. My mum gives a statement and as she's doing so, my dad and brother come home from the race. My dad didn't even turn off the truck. He just ran up and looked terrified, asking what was going on. While my mum is telling my dad what happened, another officer walked up and said he didn't see anyone, but found a shoe in the street in front of our house. The police leave, and we all sit in the living room for a bit to decompress. And I remember thinking that maybe my mum wasn't being very nice to the girl, and should have just let her in. Fast forward to 2001, and it's about a week after I give birth to my first son. Family and friends are at my house and doting on my baby. After most people leave, there's just my parents, my sister, me and my son sitting in my living room this time. And I made a comment about how I didn't really love the neighbourhood we moved to, but I was proud of actually having my own home with my husband. Then my sister says, Hey mum, remember that lady that came to our door demanding to come in? My mum replied, yes, very well. At this point I can tell my mum and dad weren't comfortable talking about it, because they gave each other nervous glances. So my sister, being the asshole that she can be, says, why didn't you let her in? I wonder if her boyfriend did end up killing her. My dad interjects and said that my mum did the right thing because it was late and we were home alone. Then he added this little end to it. Plus, they ended up finding her in a car with her boyfriend smoking dope a few blocks over. They had rope, duct tape, two shovels and a shit ton of knives in the trunk. My sister and I said in unison, what? I asked why we were never told about that, and my dad said they decided not to tell us so that we wouldn't feel unsafe in our own home. Finding this out made me feel like a huge jerk, because I'd always thought my mum was being somewhat rude, and I always wondered what happened to that girl. Now I know, my mum most likely prevented a home invasion with her tough but right decision to deny this girl entry into our home. Learning about that sent chills down my spine. Even thinking about it now gives me goosebumps. Home Invasion by She Will Be Free I live in England, in a small town with about a thousand people there. We're located in the deep countryside, and crime just doesn't happen very often, apart from the odd stolen bike. I suppose we are quite relaxed about home security, and will often leave the door open all day in summer for the dog to walk in and out as he pleases, leaving the cars unlocked and even the house sometimes, never with any problems. Maybe our naivete played a part in this story. It's important to explain that my kitchen backs onto a public footpath, which in summer is extremely busy with people walking their dogs. They can look straight in the many windows from the footpath into our kitchen. Now, with the setting explained, I'll get on with the story. I was about 16 at the time. This story was a couple of years ago. I'd taken my dog out for a walk mid-afternoon like I did every day. I grabbed his lead and locked the door and took him out for an hour walk, through the fields that surrounded my house, and then came back. When I came back, I opened the door and placed the keys on the kitchen table and went on with my day. Later on, my mother asked me if I had seen the kitchen door key. 
and I explained I had left it on the table. She went and looked, and it wasn't there. I then doubted myself, thinking maybe I didn't actually lock the door when I left, and I dropped the key on the walk, although I was certain I could remember leaving it on the table. I didn't think much of it, thinking that it would appear in the house, and if it didn't, I would find it on a walk the next day, as I always walked the same route. A couple of days went by, and the key still wasn't found. I searched the house and my walk route, but it couldn't be found. I found it rather strange that I could recall putting it on the table, but assumed I had imagined it, and I must have dropped it. Luckily, we had another key, and went on using that key for the door instead. About four days after losing my keys, we didn't just have the kitchen door key on, but also my front door key. Me and my mum were disrupted from watching the TV by our dog barking like crazy in the kitchen. This was very out of character of him, as he only normally barks in the day when people walk past the kitchen. Me and my mum went in to find out what had upset him, to find that the key had fallen out of the door and was on the floor. This was extremely strange, because we have extremely old doors, since my home is about 200 years old. The keys are very thick, old-fashioned ones, and the only way they can fall out of the door is if you push a key in from the other side, or that you pull it out. Me and my mum were a little concerned at this point, but just decided that we were being silly. So we locked and bolted the door and went to bed. When I got to my room, I locked my bedroom door, as I quite often do to stop my parents disrupting me in the morning. Thank God I did it this night. The next morning, I was awoken up by my dad shouting he was leaving for work and that he would lock the door behind him. My mum had already left, so it was just me in. I heard him lock the door, and I tried to get back to sleep. Roughly ten minutes later, I heard the door being unlocked, and opened again, and someone come straight upstairs. I thought nothing of this, and assumed my dad had forgotten something. That was till the person walked straight upstairs to my bedroom door, and started to rattle it forcefully, trying to get it open. I was confused, and shouted hello. At this moment, I heard someone sprint from my room and down the stairs, going that fast that he was nearly shaking the house. I knew it wasn't my dad now. I jumped out of bed and unlocked my door and ran downstairs to make sure my dog was okay. When I got to the stairs, I could see that the front door was wide open. I panicked and ran outside to see if I could see anyone, but I couldn't. At this point, I started to cry when it finally occurred to me that someone must have seen my keys on the kitchen table, taken them, and tried to get into the house the night before, but was disturbed by my dog. It didn't make sense to me though, because right next to our front door was my MacBook, a 50-inch TV, and a mobile phone, all in arm's reach. But the person didn't stop at all. They just walked straight up to my room with purpose. I phoned my brother, who came storming round trying to console me. He decided he would take me out to get some food after calming me down as much as he could. When we were about to leave, we made sure all doors downstairs were locked and bolted, except the front door, which cannot be bolted. My brother also went upstairs and shut every single door of the rooms up there. We went out and came back to the front door again unlocked. At this point, I was so scared as if once hadn't been enough. We went inside to see again that nothing was stolen. 
Everything was in its same place apart from the laptop and mobile, which we had moved beforehand. We went upstairs to check if anything was gone up there, to find that when we went upstairs, only one door was open, which was, you guessed it, my bedroom. Nothing I could notice was stolen. You could tell someone had looked around, but I couldn't see anything missing. My parents assumed that I must have had a stalker, which I couldn't pinpoint anyone who it was likely to be. Being a teenager with red hair, my hair and looks have always given me and still to this day get me unwanted attention from many creepy guys, which I will put this encounter down to. We changed the locks on all doors and added extra bolts. We have never had any issues since, but I'm still terrified to be home alone. It terrifies me to think what the person's intentions were and how persistent they were at breaking in. I'm so glad I had locked my bedroom door that day and the intruder hadn't been able to just barge in. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to today's video. I really hope you enjoyed it and I hope I didn't scare you too much about being stuck inside. Just remember, pretty much everybody else is too. If you have a story that you'd like to tell or a topic you'd love me to cover, make sure to let me know. Always feel free to comment, share and subscribe to the channel. Also, if you are subscribed, hit that notification bell. That way you'll know when the next video goes live. So, until next time, sleep tight. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.